Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Pastor Matthew Fuller. Thank you, Lord. We're going to wait on announcements till the end. Fire starters, you guys can go. Take off running. You guys want to keep playing? I know what it's like. I know. I get it. Just keep on playing. Whatever you want. Yeah. I just really feel strong that the Lord wants to minister to people here today. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, last week, I came back actually this week, um, from Florida. I, I took a week vacation down to Florida as well and was joined about halfway through by my mom and Becca and just had a great time. But as whew, man, when we were there, I said to, to Rachel, my wife who's right here in the middle, and uh said, you know, I want this to be a vacation from life, but really just to be a vacation to the Lord that we would just have time to refreshing. Like Florida's cool, for sure. It was like walking into 2019, it was great. (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah. People were by each other, it was wild. One of my hardest decisions was to figure out when to turn over on the beach. if I really wanted to move to go use the bathroom or not. That was like the, that was the extent of the trip. But something that just kept coming up while we were there that we would talk about, and I wanna ask everybody in here this morning the same thing, is what would life look like without any regrets? Like actually, I want you to actually just take a moment and close your eyes. What would life look like without regret? Now I know that, the, that probably some of you are interpreting that as, what would life look like if I didn't make that mistake? Or what would life look like if I had made a different decision? Or what if I didn't have the problems that continue to happen to me? What if I wasn't a problem? I'm saying, what did, would life look like if you didn't regret all of those things? Second Corinthians ver- uh, chapter seven. Paul is is writing a letter to the Corinthians. And this is after there was some sort of issue that rose up where the Corinthians actually had this, this thing against him. They were frustrated with him about something. He, there, there's actually not clarity on what specifically it is, but he says to them, please, would you open up your hearts to me once again? Saying that they're, they're obviously some sort of frustration that they have towards Paul. And then he goes on to say that he, he wrote this letter to them. And he wrote this letter, and in the letter, 
it, it was some sort of rebuke on, and, and we don't have what the letter is, but it was some sort of rebuke on, on the way that they had closed off their heart towards him. And he said, you know, I felt sorry for writing that letter at first because I saw that this letter made you sorry. In verse eight, he says, for even I made you sorry with my, my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. And he says this, now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. You know, there's a, there's a couple of different Greek words that are used there in, in repentance and in, in sorrow in this scripture. One of them is the same word that was used when Judas felt remorseful. And he went and hung himself right after in Matthew 27. And then there's another word in there that actually means just a change of way of thinking. That this sorrow actually produced in them a different way of thinking about life. You know, I was, 2020 was a wild ride for many of us. And there was things that, it, you know, you don't realize the weight that you carry till you slow down sometimes. There was decisions that I had made in 2020 that I was like, oh man, I should have done that differently. I should have done this differently. And I didn't realize the weight of some of those decisions that I was carrying around with me. You see, because for whatever reason, at the point of salvation, it becomes very easy to believe that the blood was enough. Like, there is a moment in time that most of us probably had that we could say, I gave my life to the Lord. And if it wasn't a specific moment, maybe you, know, maybe you had a period of time where you kind of tripped your way into the kingdom. But there's a general period of time that we believe was our, 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 our experience from, as, as my mom had just shared, from Saul to Paul. And at that moment, we can look at everything that happened before that moment and write it off. I just didn't know any better. I didn't know who I was yet. I wasn't saved yet. His blood was absolutely enough for me before salvation. And it was enough for me for to actually be converted. And then there was this zeal and this fire that took place in my life. And then what happens is we kind of take it from there. We try really hard, we work really hard, and the weights just start piling upon our shoulders. The blood that was good enough at salvation continues to follow us every single day. You know, we were driving, uh, and on our way back from, uh, from the hotel back to the airport, we, were, we, we got into the car with somebody that wanted to preach the gospel to us. I picked it up with, he was slipping in these like at my church, you know? You know, when you say those kind of things when you're trying to talk to somebody like, yeah, the church I go to, and like, he's fishing, seeing if we're gonna, if we're gonna bite. So I bet. I said, well, what church do you go to? And bam, all of a sudden, man, when I got saved, da 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 And he just started preaching to me. And I said to the guy, I said, you know, my testimony is very similar to yours. And, and I shared with him what my testimony was. And it just turned into us just stirring each other up back and forth. 
And he said this thing to me. He says, man, when I look back, all I can see is mercy. Now that would have meant a lot had I not been reading that morning in Psalm 23. The surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. Max, if you want to come up here real quick. You see, this is what we picture. Max is Jesus. He's a great representation of him. You're the best representation of Jesus that I know. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, we come to him at this point. And then we walk from there. And he's still at the cross. No, you're not moving. You're still back there. And we take all these failures and these fears and we throw them in our backpack. And they begin to weigh us down and weigh us down. But we forgot that mercy actually travels with us. That goodness and mercy are actually following us all of the days of our life. So that when I look back at the failures and the mistakes that I had, all I see is goodness and mercy behind me. All I see is everything, every failure, every fear that I have has been still covered by the blood. It is still enough after salvation. It's all of the days of my life. You see, Paul actually rebukes Peter at one point. Peter, he comes to this knowledge that that the gospel is open to all. But then when the Jewish people come around him, he goes and he has to try to come and look like a Jew over and over again. And Paul actually says to him, in Galatians 2, verse 14 through 16, he says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. It is very difficult for us as humans to actually believe that what we do does not determine our righteousness. The same weakness, the same, the same reality, of co- the same recognition that our imperfection is not going to get us anywhere, that, that we had at the point of salvation, I believe is actually supposed to continue with us. See, Paul actually said, therefore I boast in my infirmity so that his grace is made sufficient that his grace can be perfected in me. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I want you to close your eyes again. And I'm going to ask the same question. What would life look like without regret? What would life look like knowing that it's only the final sacrifice that makes me righteous? Knowing that the mistakes, maybe the thing that I shouldn't have said, doesn't dictate who I am. 
that the sum of my righteousness is not equivalent to the sum of my failures. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go deep in this place this morning. Goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. It was good enough at salvation and it's still good enough today. Father, I pray right now that all regret will be removed. That all regret will be removed. And the only way that we get to that place is that our sorrow would actually turn into godly sorrow. And then it would actually come to a place of godly repentance. You know, each and every one of us, we, we don't like to admit our weaknesses. We don't like to admit our shortcomings, but Paul himself is saying, you know what, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry that I had to confront something that wasn't perfect in you. I know it was painful in the moment, but it produced in you godly, sorrow and it says this in 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 verse 11 for observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner what diligence it produced in you what clearing of yourselves what indignation what fear what vehement desire what zeal what vindication you know I believe that we all look back to that point of salvation like I want that fire again I want that zeal again that I had. I believe it's because it was a moment of godly sorrow that we haven't learned to take with us every single day. If we have a zeal problem, maybe we have a repentance problem. If we don't have any indignation against sin, then maybe we have a repentance problem. knowing that there's nothing that I can do in and of myself to make me righteous. It's one thing, he says, that God, that the sorrow of the world produces death. This is the type of sorry. It actually, what it means is to repent to yourself. Judas, when he was remorseful, when he was feeling sorrowful, he actually repented to himself. He felt sorry for himself. Judas felt sorry for himself, not sorry for what he had done, but sorry that he got caught. Many times our, before we actually get to repentance, we're not actually <laughs> repentant. We're sorry that we got caught. We're sorry that there's something about us that, that makes us look poorly in the eyes of other people. It makes us feel poorly about ourselves. But I believe that the Lord wants to carry us further into a place of godly sorrow. Just as my mom said, she woke up every morning feeling like a victim, but there was a place then that that, 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 that sorrow of the world changed into a place where she was able to press in to see the Lord for who he truly was. And I believe that that's a grace that's in this room right now. So Father, bring us past the place of ourselves into a place of true repentance where mistakes and failures that we may or may not have made in the past that were our fault or not, Lord, 
We change the way that we think about those situations. The things that do not align with your word. And we repent right now. Repent for small thinking. We repent for the ways that we have hated ourselves. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us forgive ourselves even. Forgive ourselves this morning, Lord. I heard it said one time that sin is momentary pleasure with lasting sorrow. Repentance is momentary sorrow with lasting pleasure. Father, I pray that each and every one of us, when we will look back at the weights that we've been carrying around, that we see your mercy and your goodness chasing after us. Actually, I want to do this. I want to sing one more song. I could keep on talking, but I honestly, I just feel like there's just an invitation just to a one-on-one experience with the Lord. And I want to invite you that even if honestly, if you're not feeling anything, just open up your heart. Saying, Lord, whatever you want to do in my heart this morning, I give you permission. And for those that are feeling and experiencing that fire that's burning within you right now, just pray that the Lord will continue to let it burn even brighter. You guys want to see that? All right, so let's just close our eyes and see what the Lord wants to do in each of our lives this morning. Surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy follow me. And surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy follow me. You, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me, and all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness. God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness. 
says through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his fat his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness 
The Lord is not a disappointed father looking down from heaven waiting for you to get your act together. He got your act together for you a couple thousand years ago. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's one thing that he says that he loves, it's another thing that he demonstrated it. And the power of that blood was not for just an ex a single experience or a single moment. But my Bible says that his mercies are brand new every day. He's taking care of all failures and shortcomings, all sin, past, present, and future. With one final sacrifice, he sent his son. He knew that humanity could not do it on their own. So he provided a way for all weight to be removed, for all shame to be shattered, for all sin to be once and for all abolished. And he did it through Jesus Christ. This was his idea, not ours. It was his idea to make us righteous, not ours. It was his idea to make a final sacrifice, not ours. And when I take his righteousness and I attribute it to myself, I'm saying that his blood is not enough. His final sacrifice is not enough. When I hold on to shame and doubt and fear, shortcomings and regret for decisions that I've made, as if not all things can work together for good. All things work together for good. Can you say all things? Not just some things, not just the good decisions that you made. All things work together for good for those who are called according to His good purposes. So Father, I thank you for just moving in each and every one of our hearts, God. Teach us to live with a heart of repentance towards you in the same way that David did. That when he committed a sin or didn't hit the nail where you had asked him to, Lord, he was quick to repent and to continue going forward in your grace. You know, this is actually written, Lamentations is written before Jesus was sacrificed. They understood that his mercies were new every single morning. How much more that we have the blood of the Lamb? So good. So Father, I pray for there just to be a continued weight lifted and removed that all regret would remain in the past. Teach us to walk with you new every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.